Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the creator of the high fantasy tabletop RPG, Peace the RPG, currently on Kickstarter, Robert Johnson. Welcome, Rob. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Well, outside of my introduction, uh, who is Rob Johnson and what are you about? Cool. Well, yeah, I uh, have been in the uh, TTRPG hobby for 30 plus years now. Um, uh, my friends got me into the hobby. They just asked me one day if I wanted to play a game. Uh, that game was called Champions, uh, the Super RPG, and I had never heard of the game before, mm -hmm. uh, but it was interesting. And I sat down, uh, made a character, and I have uh, been in love uh, ever since. So uh, since that time, I've played tons of different games. I think may maybe just a few years into the hobby, I, I wanted to make my own tabletop role-playing game. Uh, five years ago, I started my own uh, YouTube channel called Confessions of a Frustrated Game Master, mm -hmm. which kind of focuses around uh, some of the challenges in the hobby once you become an OG, uh, like myself, an original gamer. And um, I decided to finally finish uh, the idea of creating my, uh, my own role-playing game. I've been working on it off and on for like 15 years. And uh, Peace is that game. And I am finally uh, presenting it to the world through Kickstarter. Interestingly enough, um, the idea for my game was the dream was never really to make it available to anyone. It's, it's just going to sound really weird. My initial idea was the dream was to one day just hold in my hand a professionally published and printed uh, tabletop role playing game of my own design. And at, the, at that time, the idea was probably the only people that's ever going to see this game uh, is my friends or play testers. So the dream wasn't really, you know, to, to get it out there in the world because there are resources where you can have, you can order and have a hardcover version of your work uh, on your doorstep in two weeks because of uh, uh, publishing the way where publishing has gone. So yeah, the dream was never to do this, but I finished the game and um, I thought to myself, it doesn't feel complete without art. Mm -hmm. There are uh, over 60 um, baddies <laughs> in the game uh, that uh, the player, the players can go up against. And it, the game didn't just didn't feel complete. And that is what the Kickstarter is aiming to do: is to complete the vision. And in order to do that, you you know you obviously offer. Um, folks who are interested, a copy of the game, and that funds the completion of the illustrations. And uh, yeah, that's how I, I pretty much got here. Yeah, I don't think it's weird that you have um, a copy of your own work, like something in your hands that you want to keep for yourself, at least for the time being. I don't, I don't think that's weird at all. Like, um, <laughs> I have some of my own work. It's, it's not games, but it's like uh, writing. So I'm, a, I'm also an urban fantasy writer, and I have copies of my own work, um, both published and just like, I have like a big old binder of it and just completing it alone was great for me just to see it. And then um, have some people read it and they were interested in it and they 
you know, convinced me to to publish it. So that was I don't, I don't think it's weird that you have your own copy of something because when you you almost hold it like your baby almost. And it's like, I'm not ready to put my child out there into the world. They need to they need to be um, they need a little bit more training. They need a little bit more um, attunement before I give it to you or I let them out there into the world. Um, what is the piece? What is peace the RPG about? So, uh, Peace, as, as you mentioned, is a high fantasy uh, tabletop role-playing game. So um, it's like uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Lord of the Rings. It is a fantasy world uh, with uh, elves and uh, half-giants and uh, trolls and orcs. And um, the, the premise of the game is uh, the, the idea as a player in the world you are trying to save this world from self-destruction. So the title of the game, Peace, refers to an ancient prophecy in the setting that says that this fantasy world will only realize peace once it has destroyed itself during the struggle between good and evil. So it's it's kind of kind of a scary thing. It's the 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 world is not a grim, dark, depressing setting. It's actually a fairly bright and happy setting with this underlying darkness, this, this ancient prophecy um, that predicts this world will destroy itself. And that is the only time it will, it will realize peace. So as a participant, as a player in the world, you want to prevent the prophecy from coming to fruition. Uh, one mechanic in the game that really speaks uh, to the entire premise, wraps the entire premise together, is something called the prophecy meter. And the prophecy meter essentially tracks the hold that evil has on the, um, on the affairs of the heroes. Uh, when you start a campaign, you roll a couple of D6 that sets where the meter is, which ranges from one to 15. Um, and the, as the players play the game, they do good deeds that can affect where the meter is. Um, at the end of each session, uh, you kind of tally up their good deeds, their bad deeds, and a random roll of um, just uh, unintended consequences, and that resets the meter. And the meter has a mechanical uh, and narrative um, effects on the world. As it gets higher, the world may get a little less kind to the, to the heroes. Uh, people are not happy to see them. And as it gets lower, the um, the bad guys have less resources, and the world becomes slightly, you know, brighter, and and uh, people are happy to see the heroes when they walk into town. So that is the premise of the game. Um, the heroes are charged with um, saving this world that could go in the wrong direction, and uh, something that the game says is the world could be destroyed uh, by the uh, fiendish actions of the evil or the overzealous actions of the good. So not only do you have to be able to, you have to be a competent hero who can uh, throat punch your way out of problems. You also have to be wise and not overdo it um, because a world in conflict, but it takes both sides to really, uh, to really mess things up. So that's kind of the, the premise of the game. The meter kind of sounds like, well, you've been playing, tabletop games probably longer than I had. Uh, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, right? Is, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of something like that in there as well. Um, like, I think after 
each session you get points and then I guess something about the masquerade or I forgot what it was, but um absolutely yeah, yeah. but um also there's another video game called Vampire where um each time you feed um it affects the the town as far as like if people are too scared to leave out then you won't have no one to feed on and or um it is going to increase police presence or if mm-hmm. the neighborhood is going to go down the drain that affects it as well so each time you feed and like who who catches you and who you actually fed on to so that that's interesting it just immediately reminded me of uh, vampire the masquerade yeah i love those kind of mechanics that um give players cause players to think beyond, you know, kick down the door and beat up the bad guys. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, Peace is definitely a game that is about action and heroes going out and, you know, heroic deeds and 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 combat and being heroes. But the, the prophecy meter gives motivation outside of uh, beating up things and taking their stuff, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of... Uh, an interesting, interesting concept. I like to have more to think about than just, you know, yeah, beating up people and taking their stuff is, gets kind of boring. And, you know, as you said, um, Vampire has always been one of those games that at this, at the core, it asks you to struggle against the beast, you know, your bestial urges as a, as a vampire. And that's just, yeah, it would get kind of boring if the whole game was, you know, feed off of a human, kill them and, and keep it moving. So yeah, I, I've always loved games that uh, that have those questions in the background. Okay, um, well, can you just elaborate more on the creative process from a thought and idea in your head to executing it? So you play these um, tabletop role-playing games for, you know, over a decade and you're thinking, you know, I wanna do my own. So, okay, here is the idea. How am I gonna do it? Absolutely. So the the initial idea beyond just wanting to hold uh, my own creative work in my hand um, was I I was playing uh, some tabletop role playing games that um, player characters really felt frail, kind of a trope in the in the fantasy genre in tabletop role playing games is that characters start off really uh, frail and unimpressive. And so if you survive the the earlier parts of your character's career, you've really done something. And I've always thought to myself, why does that have to be? Why aren't there more games out there where you feel like the hero? You know, it's, it's like a lot of fantasy games, they start you off feeling like, the supporting character in a fantasy novel. You know, if your character died, maybe the main characters would mourn you for half a page and then forget about you and move on. I was like, what if at every part of my career, I felt important to the world. I felt like a hero. I felt like more than just a supporting character. And that was the initial spark. And uh, so I always designed peace to never make uh, the players feel like less than the focus of the story. And yes, so you you start off uh, really competent uh, and you just get better and better and better as, as you go. So, you know, maybe you start off 
fighting a horde of uh, goblins. And when your career is over, maybe you're fighting a horde of dragons. So it, it's that it's that kind of uh, that kind of idea. And executing the mechanics, everything went into the idea. What does it look like for you to be a first level hero and have to be concerned about being defeated, but it is not a crippling concern where every action you take, you're calculating, okay, if I act like a hero here, will I get killed? Um, if the game is going to um, ask you to save this world from self-destruction, the mechanics can't say, oh, well, if you throw yourself headfirst into the bad guy, I don't know, you may die. So the game was constructed to make sure that characters always felt like the main, uh, the main character. Um, I, I would like to think that mechanically, the game is very uh, unique. And I, I, I think that it really backs that up because as I said, kind of one of the tropes in high fantasy is that you start as a, a zero and you are trying to work your way to being the hero. So with the three different ways that your character can approach conflicts, either through warfare, um, their influence, their force of their charisma or magic, um, and the fact that from turn to turn, it varies the number of attacks, say for example, that a hero can make. Um, the game keeps conflicts interesting, varied and dynamic. And um, that, that was the whole focus for me to make sure that the game always made you, you feel like the hero. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, we always start out we always start out in the tavern and we're just some people that, you know, um, were chosen to do this and do that. And it's just like, we, I guess everyone has their own backstory and then we all just randomly meet up somewhere. Um, but it's, it's nice that it's, you, you start at the top instead of at the bottom and then work your way up. I mean, obviously as a hero, you still have a lot of climbing to do as far as um, protecting the, I guess the city or town or village, whatever it is you're meant to protect and fight against. So that's that's different to start as a hero. And pretty much everybody in the party starts out as as the hero and not just maybe one person. Absolutely. Yeah. The um all of the characters start in a very um start off very competent so that you know you don't have to worry about a nameless go goblin taking your character out. Like it's like if you you I have a Star Wars t-shirt on right now and it's like what if those those um nameless thugs in the cantina just took look Luke out in the in that scene is like okay how he's the hero of the story how did these nameless dudes just take him out now that being said I'm not saying that um you you don't have to worry about nameless goblins in the game I actually have a funny story one of the guys who've been really supportive of me online ran the game for a couple of friends and he had uh, the bad guys come in at night, come into the camp and start attacking the camp. And one of the heroes got up and was like, you know what, I'm not even going to put on my armor, ran out of his tent, engaged some of the bad guys and got taken out in one round. They just, you know, all good roles. None of them missed. He didn't have his armor on, which would have, if he had his armor on, it would have protected him enough for So he, he wouldn't get to, uh, wouldn't uh, have been taken out in one round. So I'm not saying that, you know, don't worry, guys, you don't have to worry about some nameless goblin. 
all I'm saying is it's 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 very unlikely that some nameless bad guy is going to take your hero out. Uh, so yeah, everybody starts really competent. <clears throat> that just he ran out without his armor on. I was like, what? All that damage he probably all that damage he took. Even if he did all those good rolls, all that damage he took. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna take a, at least a round to put the armor on. Yeah. Right. Doffing it and then donning it. So <coughs> that's crazy. Just to just run out of there without your armor on. It's insane. Um, so, girl's got a hero. You know what I mean? Um. So how was your journey in working alongside um, other collaborators for Peace? Because I understand that you want artwork, I guess, commissioned for um, Peace, Peace to RPG. So have you found anybody? And like, how was that journey with actually finding them? It's been it's been fairly good. Um, you know, whenever you're working with someone else, uh, it, it can be a challenge. You know, not everybody. Uh, has the same level of um, or the same idea about professionalism uh, and so forth. And uh, but I have found some uh, great artists, some guys that I love online. Um, if you go to the website uh, Peace the RPG, or uh, definitely if you check out the Kickstarter um, Peace the RPG on Kickstarter, you'll see the art that I've commissioned thus far to make the game, you know, look really appealing and give an idea. Of how um, of how the game is going to look. Excuse me, if we fund, but yeah, the as you can imagine, you know, there there are plenty of folks out there. You you send them an email, you never get a response. Mm -hmm. Some folks you send them an email and you hear from them two weeks later. It's like wow, they, that's you. I've uh, it, it sometimes it it gets a little frustrating, and you, you get the attitude that man, I didn't know it would be so hard to pay people to do what they love. So, so sometimes it, it, it's really it's really hard, but yeah. And um, that's why, uh, for example, my uh, Kickstarter has, uh, well, the effort funds, I'm giving it a year and a couple of months because I have over um, 100 illustrations for the book that need to be commissioned. And so with the unpredictable of dealing uh, with other professionals and you don't know what you're going to get, I wanted to make sure that I had a really um, long time to, to get everything done and to have a little a, a, a nice cushion when things don't go uh, as planned. Because in the, in the short six months lead up to the launch of the Kickstarter, I definitely have seen the struggle of, of working with others. But that being said, um, when I do get work back from these incredibly talented artists, they, it, it's always better than I imagine in my head. <laughs> it, it's always, they think of something um, and they put little details into the work that just really blows you away. So it's, it's really satisfying and it, it makes the, your vision even better. Uh, but yeah, it can sometimes be a struggle to pay people uh, to do what they're supposed to love doing. <laughs> yeah, I've recently had some struggling with that um, with one of my book covers and it's been like months and she hasn't replied. And oh, um, I mean, luckily I was able to fix it myself. So, uh, yeah. um, but it's, it's crazy how you, you pay someone to do a job and 
it's in the, I guess, in their, I guess, in the pitch or whatever it is that they um, can help you a couple of more times because of how much you paid, but mm-hmm. then they just disappear completely. It's, it's uh, crazy. So yeah, I've, I've definitely been there and a lot of other people I've interviewed have definitely been there where they paid or uh, yeah, they paid and they got the stock back and it wasn't what they wanted, but you know, they still had to pay them and then they had to start all over again and all the money that you had to pay it to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. So luckily you had a better experience than most have. Um, what would be your insight to up and coming creators? Um, you wish someone w- would have told you when you first started. Mm, that's a uh, that's a fantastic question. Um, that's the one that gets everybody right there. Is that- <laughs> I think something that I have learned over time is that, um, and I watch a lot of you know entertainment on YouTube and and a, a lot of podcasts and everything. Something that I think every creator could um, would would find useful to hear is nothing has a 100% approval rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, water doesn't have a 100% approval rating and you need water to live. I know people who don't like the taste of water. Me too. So <laughs> as a creator, <laughs> if you if you um, are going to expect that you're going to put anything into the world and people are not going to dislike it, you you are delusional. And it, it sometimes I see creators out there who are shocked when people don't like their work. Mm-hmm. Get over it. Um, they're going. You, nothing has a one hundred percent. Maybe oxygen uh, has a one hundred percent approval rating, but that's that's about it. So I have a you know really uh, thick skin, um, and also something I would say that that I have learned is don't chase trends. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, um, in the in the hobby and industry that I'm, you know, I'm I'm dealing with, um, there really isn't a lot of money anyway, um, and the market is definitely dominated by the progenitor of the hobby, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and um, I I intentionally did not chase the idea of okay. I'm going to use uh, Dungeons and Dragons open license to create my game. I've created my game from scratch. And yes, that is the hard way to go. But just being a creator myself and, you know, no disrespect to any of the amazing creators out there who do make systems and games in line with um, uh, the biggest guy in the in the hobby. But for me as a creator or my legacy or whatever you want to say, the way my mind works is, if this is the only thing I put out into the world, why be the 280th version of something that already exists? Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail bringing my creativity, my ideas, my new experiences into the hobby and, uh, and let it rock and see what happens. That's a great answer. I mean, that's definitely different from what I've heard of number one. I've never heard anyone talk about how water doesn't have a, 100% 100% approval rating so that's how you kind of have to think about everything like even the water you know can be bad sometimes <laughs> um my, 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 girl, my girlfriend hates drinking plain water is this like <laughs> well the, to follow up with um that question and the great answer that you gave um as artists we expect criticism or no um minimum to no attention to our work when you receive praise for any of your work or contributions to a project do you believe it when you hear it? You know, how 
do you will yourself into accepting that praise is real, that your talents are valid? So when you gave your game, the prototype of your game to a friend of yours that ran it and he gave you the feedback for it, like how, how did you take, how did you take that feedback? Well, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit of ham of a ham and I'm, uh, a little, I'm a little bit self-centered. So any love I get, I just eat it up. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's it's good. Like when it, there's so much um, negativity out there in the world, you know, just be real, not to bring anybody down. But if you live in the real world, you know, you know, sometimes there can be a lot of negative, negativity out there. So I take, you know, criticism seriously, you know, especially if it's from a constructive place, because you know, haters, haters are just going to hate. Uh, I got my, I got my first troll like a week ago. This is awesome. He, he came online and he was like, you're lying about your game. It's just like everything else out there. And I, me personally, you know, I have an ego, but I know for, a, um, just from my experience of being in a hobby uh, for 30 plus years, my game is very different from anything else out there. So I knew it was um, a bunch of, a bunch of crap. And excuse me, you know, my, my French, but yeah, I knew it was a bunch of garbage. And um, so I just took it with a, you know, let just let it roll off me. I was like, I've made it. I have my first troll. Um, he told me my Kickstarter wasn't going to fund it, which, you know, you know, it's quite possible. It may not fund, but yeah, I just take it with a grain of salt. And I just, there's so much negativity out there that when you have someone who recognizes your vision and appreciates it and, and gives you love, uh, I like it, and I'm and I'm I'm totally open to um to you know constructive criticism. But as I said, you have to realize that there's stuff out that nothing has nothing has 100% approval, and I just I take it with a grain of salt, use it, and keep keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I asked that because last time I checked, piece the RPG is nearly like halfway from its halfway what is it halfway from this goal so like how does that how does that feel is this your first kickstarter actually that's an exit okay yeah, yeah but yeah how does it feel that it's like nearly halfway there you still have like a month to go yeah it's um, I'm, fe- I'm feeling good i'm feeling positive um it, it would be amazing to um to have this goal accomplished but you know it, it's it's not it's not, it's not a greed thing. It definitely isn't a money thing because in this hobby, like there's a saying, I think, how does it go? Um, in order to make a small fortune in the tabletop RPG hobby, you must first start with a large fortune. So there, there, there's really no, there's no money in the hobby. Uh, so this is just, it, it's definitely a, um, what do you call it? Uh, something of love, of a work of uh, love. Um, or whatever they call it when you're doing something creative. I forget what the term is, but yeah, it, it feels uh, really great. And I just hope that there are people out there who, you know, see peace for what it is or really a new experience, a new system and uh, some new ideas. And it, it does the same thing for them that my friends did for me 30 years ago when they introduced me to this incredible hobby. You know, it was, it was a whole uh, new world for me. And I, I hope I, I, I pass that on. Yeah. Um, well, my last question for you is, what is your idea of success? And I ask that because if you're not making money or have regular paychecks, like a full-time job, you're not successful. That's what a lot of us are led to believe. So we put our dreams on the back burner 
or I give up altogether. Um, we're pursuing a a creative. Uh, we're pursuing this creative path that's uh, really uh, competitive and highly intimidating. So we're hesitant or doubtful of trying to pursue it. So, like, what is your idea of success? Um, kind of touching on what um, some of the stuff I said in the last answer. Uh, for me, success would be showing another kid uh, this fantastic hobby, um, inspiring someone else to use their creativity to bring something uh, positive into the world. You know, like me, I, I've gotten so much out of the tabletop role-playing game hobby. You know, where, where I grew up and where my friends grew up, whatever kept you out of trouble was positive. You, mm. you know what I mean? And um, that, that is success for me. It sounds incredibly cliche. If I can change one life, but that's what it is. Uh, you know, as I said, there, there's enough negativity out, out here. Um, I would like the, the idea of someone saying, oh, you know, my first role-playing game was Peace the RPG is big for me, <laughs> you know? Um, so that, yeah, that, that's, that's all success means in this process is inspiring others to be creative, inspiring others to do something uh, positive in the world or just have a positive experience. That, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's, that's great. Like for me doing this podcast and doing my writing, um, a lot of people ask me for advice or um, like, I guess they, I guess they think I'm successful because I've pursued an idea that I had, I executed it and it's selling quote unquote selling, or I'm getting likes and views and follows and stuff like that. But it, to me, it's just, is pursuing that interest. It's following through on it. It's executing it and then see it come to life and see um, how other people receive it and maybe inspire other people because you never know who's watching. You, you right. never really know who's watching what you're doing. So that for me is success and just being happy at what I do and doing what I love, really. That's what success is for me. It's exciting, um, right? Yeah, it is exciting, especially when I pursue something that I never really thought of before. But I think it's, it's just doing the other stuff first, like getting that stuff out of your head, the cliche stuff, maybe some stuff you've seen other people do that's when your ideas start to come forward in a way like you've played a bunch of tabletop RPGs you play pretty much played them all and then that's when your stuff started coming forth about maybe adding this mechanic or re removing this and doing this and doing that and that's why your game is so different from everyone else's because you played them all already you know you've probably even ran some games even and so yeah. you have perspectives on both ends and you have the experience from playing all those years ago as well. So that to me, that, that is what success is. Um, is there anything else you wanted to discuss or push about Peace the RPG we didn't touch on, maybe discuss the rewards for potential backers? Well, yeah, the, uh, so awesome. Yeah, just please support the game, Peace as in Love and Peace, P-E-A-C-E, the RPG.com on Kickstarter. Uh, right now we have pretty much worked through 
um, all of the early bird uh, rewards, uh, you know, with Kickstarter, it is very important to have a really strong start and that will push you up into Kickstarter's algorithm. So you're, you, you can uh, share your creativity with more and more people and get exposed to more people. Um, I'm def definitely going to have a uh, later uh, push, but I kind of the, the way that I'm um, doing the rewards is if you jump on early, I don't want to um, invalidate any of the, the great deals that you got for supporting uh, the, the Kickstarter early, but there, there definitely will be some additional rewards uh, that will uh, come down the line a little bit later, not quite as good as the earlier rewards. But yeah, you can. You, we, we're offering the, um, the PDF for those who like to go digital. Uh, we're offering uh, just the, um, the core hardcover rule book. And we also have really great discounts, even with the regular rewards, if you want, if you purchase multiple copies. So if you want to get something, uh, three copies for your whole gaming group to have something for the game master and a couple of copies for the table, you can really good, uh, get good savings there, even with the, uh, with the base rewards. So yeah, please uh, go to the Kickstarter. Um, if you see something you like, uh, support it and uh, we'll appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you again to the creator of the high fantasy tabletop RPG piece, the RPG, Robert Johnson. I highly encourage our listeners to back this project if they can. Also to follow along on the project's various social media channels listed alongside the Kickstarter link in this episode's details. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerd Road Podcast. Thank you. 